Assalamu alaikum everyone, it's Halima Kagali and welcome to another episode of the Quran Lifestyle Show. So I get asked all the time, what's more important, memorizing the Qur'an or learning the meaning of the Qur'an and understanding it? Well, memorizing the Qur'an and learning its meaning are both very important aspects of our Qur'an relationship and they're both beneficial. And what people actually don't realize is that they both help to facilitate and complement one another really beautifully and they're not actually mutually exclusive. You know, the reason that this issue even surfaces in our community in the first place is because sadly, there kind of exist these two opposite extremes. You know, in some communities, um, on one side, they, you know, they almost exclusively focus on Qur'an memorization. And there isn't very much emphasis at all on trying to understand its meaning. So you, you kind of memorize Qur'an and you become this celebrity mascot for the community. So you get to lead Tarawih prayers, for example. You get to go to events and travel to showcase the beauty of your recitation, etc. And because of that extreme, the opposite extreme is born, whereby there's people in some communities that kind of see that void and they strongly advocate that instead of prioritizing memorization of the Qur'an, people should actually spend all their time and their efforts focusing on trying to understand and implement its message instead. And so they kind of neglect that memorization. But you know, as Muslims who are described in the Qur'an as being a middle and moderate nation, we have to understand that our stance on this issue actually lies somewhere in between those extremes. You know, the importance and the benefit of memorizing Qur'an as highlighted in the Qur'an and Sunnah, something that we obviously just touched on in question one, you know, it's essentially something that you can't and that you shouldn't deny. But at the same time, if you were to look into the Qur'an itself, you'd find that the importance of deeply reflecting over it, to have a deeper understanding of the Qur'an, so to engage in tadabbur, for example, you know, this is something that's highlighted in a multitude of different ways throughout the Qur'an. So for example, there are ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He directly asks us why it is that we don't reflect more on the Qur'an, where He complains and critiques even people for their lack of doing so. Like in Surah Muhammad where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا then do they not reflect upon the Qur'an or are there locks upon their hearts? So as you can see here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he emphasizes the fact that a lack of reflection and understanding is both a spiritual disease of the heart and an intellectual problem of the mind as well, subhanAllah. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also positively encourages and reminds us to engage in reflection and to, and deeper thoughts as well consistently through the Qur'an because if you just think about it, there isn't a single human experience, whether that's witnessing the sun, the clouds, the animal, or even any personal experiences like marriage, for example, or growing old. These things are not mentioned except that they're pointed out that these are his ayat, that these are his signs. And what is the purpose of a sign exactly, of an ayah? is to make us think and to reflect, isn't it? To understand things on a deeper level. You know, in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 78, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
وَمِنْهُمْ أُمِّيُّونَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ الْكِتَابَ إِلَّا أَمَانِيَّ وَإِنْهُمْ إِلَّا يَظُنُّونَ And amongst them are unlettered ones who do not know the scripture except in wishful thinking, but they are only assuming. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in this ayah that a crime that Bani Israel made against their scripture was that they did not take the time or make the effort to truly understand what was in it. Instead, they only just made assumptions about its contents. And what's really interesting here is Ibn Abbas anhu, when he explained the meaning of this verse, he said that these people actually did read their scripture, that they memorized it even, and they recited it. Yet subhanAllah, they deprived themselves of studying anything else of it that would have given them a deeper understanding. Instead, they just assumed they knew its contents. And sadly, if we were to reflect on our own communities, we'd find many Muslims making the same mistake today, right? You know, they don't usually, they don't actually um, reflect or study in its contents, but a lot of people, they assume they know what's in it. They assume what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and hates, for example, or they assume they know what he expects from them, etc. People think, well, you know, I've kind of got a gist of its message and that's sufficient in some way, when actually that's a crime against our scripture, subhanAllah. We know from the Qur'an that that kind of attitude is actually what leads to faith existing in its kind of outward forms, whether there's these physical rituals, for example, but it becomes void of any spiritual substance. You know, Ibn Qayyim um, once summed up the importance of deep reflection for the purpose of having this kind of deeper understanding really beautifully when he said, there is nothing more beneficial for the slave in this life and the life after and closer to his salvation than the contemplation of the Qur'an and its prolonging of its contemplation, subhanAllah. And even Ibn Abbas, عنه, the uncle of the Prophet, وسلم, he was recording as, recorded as having said, if I were to recite Surah Al-Baqarah with tadabbur, this would be more beloved to me than to recite the whole Qur'an, meaning without tadabbur. So there's no doubt that, you know, deeply reflecting on the Qur'an and attaining this kind of deeper understanding of its meaning is really vital when it comes to our relationship with the Qur'an and from benefiting from it, right? But you know what people often don't actually realize is that this process of memorizing the Qur'an can actually help to facilitate that. Because when you memorize the Qur'an, you typically repeat the verses over and over again, right? And the more you recite the verses, the more opportunity you actually get to be able to reflect and to think about its contents and to come to realizations about the Book of Allah. The very fact that you have to read Qur'an with tajweed, with the correct elocution, it forces you to slow down in your recitation so you can apply those rules um, correctly, right? And that's at a pace that is really ideal for tadabbur itself. So you'll commonly find that as you memorize more of the Qur'an, you can naturally begin to question and wonder thing about things about it as well. So you might find yourself asking, oh, I, I wonder what Allah means when he says that, or oh, this statement is repeated quite a lot, I wonder why it's so important. And these kind of questions often lead you to then be able to actively study and think about the Qur'an more in search of those answers. You know, the fact that a person has to be, in, you know, has to be very consistent in memorizing the Qur'an so that they don't forget it, of course, and the fact that, you know, that process is typically quite a lengthy one, as opposed to being something very quick, you just, you know, get over and done with and, you know, done and dusted, as they say. That kind of provides you itself with an opportunity to be in consistent connection with the Qur'an. 
And that can therefore give you more opportunity should you wish to engage in tadabbur and to gain a deeper understanding of the Qur'an, inshallah. So basically, I hope you, you know, it's more clear to you now that both memorizing and understanding the Qur'an is something that we should both strive for inclusive of one another. And they're actually both interconnected and they can help to facilitate one and the other. But you know, before moving on, I really want to just add something really important to the conversation here. You know, if you were to typically analyze the kind of the main conversations that trend in a community, you know, what kind of questions they ask themselves regularly, what kind of topics they discuss or they debate over, etc., you can kind of get a glimpse into that current culture of that society, right? So you can gain an insight into their perceptions or their values and priorities, etc. And when you analyze the discussions that we Muslims, we typically have within our communities regarding the Quran, so whether that's, you know, topics discussed in the masjid meetings or uh, event topics for Islamic institutes or even what just trends on social media, you can kind of get a gist of our current Quran culture as well. And personally, I'm not so concerned about what's often brought to the table. So these kind of discussions on memorization versus understanding, etc. What I'm personally concerned with is what's not brought to the table. What's become really evident to me after, alhamdulillah, having the blessing of working as a Qur'an lifestyle coach for well over a decade now, working with thousands of Muslims, alhamdulillah, from all around the world at different stages and development of their Qur'an relationships, you know, it's kind of become very clear to me that our current global Qur'an culture has become so fixated, obsessed, I would say even, with our academic studies of the Qur'an sciences. So more and more of us are becoming heavily involved in or actively promoting Qur'an memorization, for example, or studying Arabic or Tajweed and Tafsir, etc. And I think that this has naturally happened because more information and technology is becoming more widely and easily available, right? So people who would have, let's say, never had access to teachers and programs before can now connect with those people over the internet. Or people who usually wouldn't have the time to dedicate to these kind of studies now have access to programs that are tailored to them or that they can access from their own home. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, there's nothing wrong with this. You know, it's fantastic, alhamdulillah, that this has become available to us. And it's lovely to see that more and more Muslims are valuing and engaging more in that. Because, you know, academic study of the Quran sciences are part and parcel, undeniably, you know, of our Quran relationship. And they're important. But what does concern me is the absence of any deep concern or at least any practical effort being made to, you know, available to help Muslims to simply develop a deeply meaningful and fulfilling friendship with the Qur'an. Where individuals are, you know, they can practically learn how to personally connect, to love and to integrate the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their personal lives in a way that's really impactful and sustainable. <clears throat> You know, I'm talking about learning the kind to, to develop the kind of friendship that you truly consider and you genuinely feel is the most special, important and unique friendship that you will ever have. Because you consistently come away from your interactions with it in complete awe and wonder, having personally experienced what the Quran fundamentally is, the greatest miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you've been given the honor of experiencing with each interaction. You know, I'm talking about learning how to develop the kind of friendship where you feel so deeply connected to the Qur'an on a personal level that you feel its relevance and its benefit to every single area of your life. And your need for it 
kind of creates this constant thirst to dr that drives you back to it again and again, truly making it your primary source of guidance in your life. I'm talking about learning how to develop the kind of friendship where you get to personally feel the profuse love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for you through its pages that kind of regularly leave you in tears and where you can't help but feel your heart just wants to burst out of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through it in return. I'm talking about learning to develop the type of friendship where your interactions with it, it feels effortless and enjoyable and meaningful rather than feeling like it's a chore. Rather than feeling where you're, you know, you're constantly struggling to simply find the time or energy to engage with it. Or when you do interact with it, you know, you're not simply going through the motions or feeling left inadequate in some way, trying to figure out how this Qur'an can fill that void you know it can inside you. I'm talking about learning how to develop a friendship with the Qur'an where you're essentially learning, you know, learning how to let the Qur'an fulfill its ultimate purpose which is to positively transform you into the best version of yourself and to live your very best life, what I call the Qur'an lifestyle experience, so that you can truly maximize your success in this dunya and the akhirah, inshallah. Now, although you're here today part of the Qur'an Rehab community through this A to Z Qur'an memorization course, you know, over the last decade at Qur'an Rehab, I've actually always primarily focused and specialized even in helping Muslims do just that to transform their personal relationships with the Qur'an, helping them to develop these, deep, these deeply meaningful and fulfilling friendships so that they get to achieve those deeper Qur'an heart goals, as I call them. The ones that I've mentioned like personal connection and emotional depth and integrating it into your life so that you can truly positively transform yourself and your life and you get to reap all those endless joys of living a Qur'an lifestyle. And alhamdulillah, I've had the blessing of teaching people from all over the world how they can practically do this for well over a decade now. And I teach that through a very simple but powerful four-step formula that I teach in my Quran Blueprint Masterclass. And that's because, you know, this is a field of study in and of itself. The reality that we need to wake up to as a community and to be more conscious of, inshallah, one that I personally see flagged day in and day out throughout the work I do, is that our academic achievements with our studies of the Qur'an sciences, they do not automatically guarantee us the achievement of those deeper Qur'an heart goals. Because, you know, there have been countless numbers of people who have approached me throughout the years. And by the way, from both camps, right? So people who focus on memorizing the Qur'an more and people who focus more on studying its meaning. And subhanAllah, by the way, some of these people have been doing it for years since childhood. They've either been attending madrasa since they were small or they were brought up in practicing families all their life, etc. Yet they still complain to me of never having truly experienced that wow feeling when engaging with this greatest miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who struggle to shed a tear, complaining of not having any emotional depth in their Qur'an relationship. People who struggle to experience the relevance of the Qur'an outside of their spiritual life People who struggle with fluctuating motivation in their studies or who struggle to find more time with the Qur'an. You know, the Qur'an simply revolves around their busy lives instead of their lives revolving around the Qur'an. And so therefore, you know, ultimately they don't get to experience those amazing transformations in themselves and their lives that the Qur'an has to offer. Because, you know, you can know someone really well, right? You can study them even, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a friendship with them, right? If you just think about your own acquaintances and friendships with people in your own life, 
There are varying different strengths and depths, right? And that's because there is a science and a psychology to our relationships and to the friendships that we form. And when we apply those amazing strategies and deeper learnings to our relationship with the Qur'an, it can make profound positive differences. So, you know, it's always been my hope and my aim, inshallah, to broaden these conversations that we're having in our communities and to help people to approach the development of their relationships with the Qur'an in this more holistic yet profoundly deeper way. In the way that if we were actually just to reflect and study the life of the Prophet ﷺ, we would find that it reflects the way the Qur'an was originally introduced to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his messenger when it was revealed. And in hope, inshallah, of it actually having a similarly profound effect on us just as it did with the Sahaba. So I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes Qur'an rehab a means through which we get to experience this revival and this rehabilitation of our global Qur'an culture. Okay, if you enjoyed and you benefited from today's video, then please subscribe to the Qur'an Rehab channel. And if you're interested in learning how you can build more emotional substance within your Qur'an relationship, how you can really start to fall in love with the Qur'an in a way that's practical and powerful, that's never been taught before, then make sure you check out the Qur'an Blueprint Masterclass at QuranRehab.com, inshallah. Take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.